Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And I'm the Night Owl. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1...
Jonesy, Jonesy, Jonesy. What a absolutely difficult way to start off the show. Why don't you do us a favor, bro, before we move on with the rest of the show and um, and talk to us a little bit about the late, great Pat Patterson uh, as we wait for our first interview of the evening with the Sicilian beast, Ken Serimara. Tell us a little bit I, about Pat Patterson, bro. Why was he special to you, brother? I mean, Pat Patterson, I didn't really get a chance to, to watch him wrestle when I was growing up because by the time that I started watching wrestling, he was already pretty much retired. Um, but, you know, from going back and watching some of his his, his matches, you know, he, he, he was a great, great, great competitor, and he did so much for the professional wrestling uh, uh, community. You know, he, he did so much for professional wrestling. And, you know, like, for instance, we wouldn't have the Warrior Rumble today if it wasn't for he legit came up right. for the whole concept of the Warrior Rumble. Uh, he was the first, if I'm not mistaken, intercontinental champion. Um, so, you know, Pat Patterson was a huge, huge uh, uh, person in the, the professional wrestling community. A lot of people knew him. Uh, a lot of people right. respected him. He was a, a, a great guy, and he's definitely going to be missed. Uh, dude, he absolutely is going to be missed, Jonesy. And, and I'll tell you what, anybody who knows anything about the Wrestle Talk podcast, you guys know that we love current uh, professional wrestling, um, but we have a bit of a flavor um, for the old school. And, you know, I, I know you guys heard me mention uh, Bob Ryder, maybe not as commonly known as, um, as Pat Patterson, but Bob Ryder um, left us on November 24, 2020. Uh, very integral man in the world of professional wrestling as well, Jonesy, a guy that's known uh, for being one of the co-founders of Impact Wrestling and also a journalist in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, the guy did interviews with Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels in 1995 uh, during that WrestleMania deal. Uh, he founded OneWrestling.com. Work for World Championship Wrestling, but and do we have some stuff that we want to talk about WCW today? Because I heard some stuff came through the wire a little bit earlier today, man, and I'm eager to talk to you about it. But just a, a big tip of the cap to those two legends. Uh, let me tell you, bro. To me, it's a beautiful thing to have the community that we have in the world of professional wrestling, especially when you know we were talking to to, uh, to the guys from Wrestle Connects just a couple of weeks ago about what they do for wrestlers post-retirement, we love the old school, bro. So a big, again, tip of the cap, you guys heard the 10-bell salute to not only uh, the legendary Pat Patterson, but also the legendary Bob Ryder, who, again, was a journalist and one of the founders of Impact Wrestling. Man, what a, what a tough way to start the show. And, again, we love the new school here. You guys know we talk a lot of WWE. We might even hit some New Japan, some independent stuff, some, you know, pro wrestling as my friend Herb Simmons would say. Uh, but, man, when we get a chance to pay homage to the old school, bro, we're always going to do that. Right, Jonesy? Absolutely, 100%. I love talking about old school wrestling. 
Old school wrestling is my 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 stuff. All right. Well, with that said, guys, now that we paid some homage, let's go ahead and kick up the flavor here tonight by doing what we always do and asking you one more time for you guys to tip your cap as we now pay homage to the greatest country in the country where there can be football, wrestling on TV, podcasts going on. We can be drinking cold beer. The greatest country in God's great earth. And that's America, damn it. Hoss, you know what to do. Oh, 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 say can you see and the rocket red Uh oh. I'll make up for it now. For the land of the free. Just tune in my eye every single time, man. Every single time. Every, every single time. Well, Jonesy, guess what? Our first hour featured guest is on the show. Hoss, I want you to have this music ready because I'm excited. You want to talk about a guy who has paid his dues and then some in the world of professional wrestling, man. I Honestly, bro, I was excited to talk to this man last night, especially – since I'm familiar with, like, the IWA over in Italy, I'm a big fan of Kareem Braganti, who you know has been on the show. I'm a big mafia movie fan. I mean, I literally love everything Italian, bro. I grew up in South Florida. I'm a Mexican kid, as you know. But I grew up in South Florida around a bunch of Italians. My best friend's name was Mario Sicolo. So I love the Italian culture. The food goes without saying. But one thing that I don't think gets its credit is – professional wrestling in Italy, and we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more with a man who was formerly under the guidance of the WWWF Intercontinental Tag Team Champion, uh, Gito Mangal, and so many other things that we're going to cover. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor and a pleasure to welcome to the show for the very first time, the one and only, the Sicilian Beast, Ken Sermonara. Hey, how you guys doing? Oh man, we are doing absolutely awesome, sir. Absolutely awesome. Now, as Renee says, you know he he's a big fan of, of you know mafia movies and stuff. You know myself, I just watched Scarface for the first time like two years ago, so I'm not as keen on the mafia stuff as what Renee is. So <laughs> I love it. Well, so you like the mob stuff, right? I do. Okay, I got a story you love then tonight. Oh, Lord. That, that sounds great, man. I can't wait to hear it. What I'm going to do, though, Jonesy, I want to go ahead and let you go first, man. I know you've been real psyched okay. uh, to talk to, to the uh, the Sicilian Beast, so why don't you lead us off tonight, brother? I do. I do. First of all, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, 
one of the things I wanted to talk about is the promotion Rubber City Wrestling. And there's a guy that I constantly see on, on my Facebook. He goes by the name Your Role Model, Rick Lee. Uh, can you tell us something about Your Role Model? I know everything about him. Uh, me and him uh, host and co-host a show called RCW Spotlight. It's on YouTube. And uh, we sort of we sort of get on each other's case, but he knows who's the boss. And uh, the, the talk show takes place at a bar, and I've been the designated bartender. In fact, last week I took over the bar, so it's now my bar. And uh, it's not a bad show. Please, uh, here's a shameless plug, RCW Spotlight on YouTube. Well, I definitely will, will, will have to uh, uh, check it out. So, we're going to share it, too, well, Joe. We're going to share it on the show page for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very absolutely. much for that. You got it, buddy. Any help is absolutely. really much, much appreciated. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to share it out, and uh, our, our fans will, 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 will get a hold of it, and, and, and they'll be able to watch it as well. Um, so, you are the manager of the tag team Team Beast. What exactly team- is Team Beast? Team Beast is also the cutthroat crew that consists of uh, Alexander Crawley and uh, Mr. Uh, Bradley, and uh, they won the TV title uh, back about three, four months ago, and uh, very good, and we're just waiting for this whole COVID thing to end so we can have some shows now and then. It would be nice to get back to that. You know, it's been since February when everything shut down, but we're looking forward to it. So I'm the manager of them. And not only that, I'm the manager of the uh, RCW heavyweight champion, the rogue, otherwise known as uh, Greg Anderson, who's a really okay. wily, wily veteran. He's a, he's a, he's a badass man. I've actually Love heard of Greg Anderson. Yeah. I've actually heard, heard of Greg and, 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 and Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, he's been he's been around a while, and he's been here and there. So yeah, I'm not surprised you know him. Yeah, yeah, I've absolutely know. definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, you 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 you've had quite a a a, a busy wrestling career yours, yourself. You know, uh, you you wrestled against somebody by the name of uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. What was it like wrestling yeah. Sergeant Slaughter? Like. Well, I remember oh, like, yeah. back in like the eighties and nineties, he was like a one of the, the biggest things ever. Yep, yep. And we we had a, a running feud going on. Uh, we did the county and state fair circuit back in the late eighties, and mm-hmm. I and I was always the uh, domestic terrorist uh, flavor of the month. I was the Iranian <laughs> beast, the Libyan beast, uh, the Iraqi beast. And we had some really great, great matches, and uh, it was it was really an honor. And he always, when he went, did the independent uh, fair circuit, he always requested me, and uh, I didn't mind it at all. And the money was pretty good too. Yeah, that that's one thing thing that 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 I don't see very many, uh, very much of anymore. The uh, fair uh, circuits, like like you don't see very much professional wrestling. At fairs anymore, um, and, and it's a shame. I, I did the Ohio State Fair back in '87, uh-huh. and 
I heard the crowd was close to 30,000. It was pretty awesome being out there. Oh, sure. I've, I've, I've been trying to, to get a local promotion to do the uh, fair where I live, but the uh, county commissioners say that, that, that there's no interest in uh in having pro wrestling at the fair and I'm like, it's pro wrestling. Pro wrestling and fairs go together like peanut butter and jelly. Yes, they do. <laughs> they cer- they certainly do. And uh yeah, I mean I I did many, many fair shows at, you know, over the eighties ni- and nineties and uh some of them were so great. You know, and I I wrestled uh, uh a county fair in Indiana one year against a honky tonk man and I actually got hit in the head with his Guitar and shattered it. And, well, I, I was beat. I was beat up, but I won. He got disqualified. So I, who's complaining? A win is a win, right? No matter how ugly. Right. Thank you. A win is a win. All right, well, Renee, I know that you're stomping at the bit. So, sir, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that that you have? Uh, I will, Jonesy. And, and again, can we really, really appreciate it? Uh, because we do have the fortune here on the Wrestle Talk podcast to talk to people of all walks of life. We've we've talked to Japan, we've talked to Puerto Rico, we've talked to Mexico to Canada, but not often do we get a chance to talk to somebody who's wrestled in the IWA. Um, talk to us a little bit about that experience or, or, or your affiliation with them, I should say. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Of how it feels, because people don't know, but there's a certain segment of Italians that love their professional wrestling. People think Italy, they immediately think soccer, maybe even boxing. But pro wrestling, man, what have you learned in your experience about the passion that the Italian people have for professional wrestling? Well, let me tell you a quick story. Uh, my my uncle, Tony, who's my dad's brother, worked at a television station in Pittsburgh, and every week they ran weekly studio wrestling, live wrestling. And that's how I basically got interested in wrestling. Because since we were underage, we couldn't sit with the audience, and they would put me and my brother in a in a glass booth, and we would watch the shows. Well, anyways, my grandfather, you know, Tony and my dad's dad, he would All sit right. at home and start screaming at the heels, you know. He goes, that damn prince, I kill this son of a bitch, I'm going to kill him, he's crazy. He's a big bull of shit, you know. And, and he got his heart start beating real fast. They took him to the emergency room, and poor grandpa wasn't allowed to watch wrestling anymore. But... You know, thanks to the, my uncle being being there and me meeting enough people, I had run into a uh, one of the guys that was a athletic commissioner in Pennsylvania, and he hooked me up with Gorilla Monsoon, and he hooked me up with Guido Mongol, who was also you know the WWF Tag Team Champion with Beppo Mongol, who later became Nikolai Volkov, and uh, that's how it all started, and it uh, started back in 1980. And I, then I went up to Canada and did, did some shows up there. And uh, then, I, then I, at a really young age, I caught on with WWF doing a lot of the area shows in uh, Pencil, Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Ohio, and West Virginia. And I, and then I got to be with all the great ones, you know, Andre the Giant, Sergeant Slaughter, Don Morocco, Jimmy Snuka, all them guys. And it was a, quite a quite a learning experience. And but. It, at a certain point, I decided I was not going to wrestle full-time, but I kept my foot in the business for years. And uh, this marks, 2021 will mark my 40th year in the wrestling business nonstop. Wow, that's that's crazy. And let me tell you how dope that is, 
to hear you say that, Ken, because you'll never guess who I'm holding in my hand right now. I have a old vintage toy from Titan Sports from 1984, and it's none other than Nikolai Volkov. I'm literally, anybody who's watching the live stream right now, and by the way, thank you guys for being here. I know there's a lot going on on TV, AEW, NXT, the Ravens and the, the, the Steelers are playing. There's a, there's a call back to Pittsburgh. But I literally have this action figure in my hand. It's real heavy. It's real big. This thing's got to be worth at least 50 or 60 bucks. But how cool is it that some of the guys that you work with, Ken, are action figures? Like, how much cooler does it get than that? It, it, it was really a great experience, and I would not have traded any of it for the world. And I would, and if I started over today, I would do it again. No, no doubt. Wow. You know, dude, uh, that, that's incredible. Uh, and we can still feel your passion, dude. Forty years into the game, and you still have that passion. And you know what? It kind of beckons me to something that we discussed last night, Joe. I think you'll you'll appreciate this callback as well. So we were we were talking about a, a bit of a controversial statement that was made by a fairly well known uh, wrestler. All right, and his name is Dolph Ziggler, and he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I don't really like wrestling. This is more of a job for me." All right, and we both uh. kind of chalked it up to him. No, hear me out. So we both kind of chalked it up to, hey, if I worked at a pizza joint, I probably don't want to eat pizza all the time. But I figure a guy like you is probably not going to shrug that off quite as easily because of how much respect you have for the business. When you hear guys talk like that, does it rub you the wrong way, or do you kind of understand where they're coming from? I'm curious. Uh, I understand a little bit where they're coming from. However, I you never catch me thinking like that. No way. Now, you know, this is you know this stuff been in my blood since I was eight years old. You know, I'm sitting on the living room floor in our in our apartment in New York City, watching wrestling with uh, Wild Red Barry, Gorilla Monsoon, Bruno San Martino, and all of a sudden they're having this big bloody uh, smudge in the ring with 15 guys going at it. My dad walks in the room. And he goes, "What are you watching that crap for, son?" I said, "Dad." I said, "But dad." This is what I want to do when I grow up. He says, oh, man, you're out of your mind. And I, now I look up to the sky now and say, Dad, how about that? So, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a memory I'll never forget. God, I had to have been eight years old at the time. Man, I believe it. And something that I want to pick your brain about before I throw it back over to Joe. And huge shout-out to everybody who's tuning in. Like I said, I know there's a lot going on. What are you guys watching? Uh, we're watching the comment section. We're going to try to engage with you guys during these interviews as well. But what it leads me to is one other thing. I think when we talk about kind of the, the greats, there's a lot of names that get forgotten. And, and, and I think it would be appropriate to ask you this question, Ken. When Go people ahead. think of the greats, you hear Hogan, you hear, uh, you know, you hear Ricky, you hear Macho, you hear Austin, you hear Rock, you hear some of these names. Do you think Bruno San Martino – get swept under the rug way too quickly when people are having the conversation of the greatest wrestlers of all time? Because not only did he sustain success for over 20 years, he also helped usher in a whole new era of professional wrestling. I've always had an incredible amount of respect for Bruno San Martino, but that's because I know some of his history. Do you think he's somebody that kind of gets overlooked a little bit when that conversation happens? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And if there was, and if there was a, a Mount Rushmore for res, for wrestling, he would have to be on there. As far as I'm concerned, I would. When I was a kid, I would go to the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh and watch him against Killer Kowalski, Tanaka, 
uh, Waldo von Erich, and, and, you know, it was uh, unbelievable. Stan Stasiak, and, and the, you know, the list goes on and on. But, but Bruno could blow the roof off the place. I mean, it's like, you know, I wrestling for all those years. You know, I had a couple Bruno moments, you know. But, uh, man, he had them every night. You know, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it must be absolutely unbelievable. I really do wish, and I know everyone always gets excited about the future and, and what's coming up next, man. But if it was me, bro, I'd go back to the 50s, like in Back to the Future. I'd go back to right. 1955, maybe even 1945, just to see some of the incredible stuff that was taking place back then. Well, Nightmare, I don't want to be selfish, bro. I know you've got some questions of your own, so why don't you jump in here with our first featured guest of the evening, Ken Sermonara. I do. I do. Thank you, Renee. Um, I guess that my next question is, uh, you know, we lost a legend in the professional wrestling business uh, just today uh and, and and that was pat patterson uh do you have any memories of uh, pat patterson watching him growing up and but not yeah i i absolutely i got i got two two quick pat patterson stories for you absolutely okay. in my mind the greatest wrestling match that i ever witnessed was pat patterson against sergeant slaughter it, it had me really? on the edge of my edge of my seat and these guys knocked the crap out of each other for 20 minutes straight, and, and it was unbelievable. And, you know, later on, a couple of years later, I got to work and meet both of these guys, and I told them, I said, man, that was the best match I ever saw. And they, and they thanked me for it. And one little story about Pat. One night, uh, I was wrestling at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, and, and Pat come up to me and said, hey, Kenny, hey, Kenny. He says, hey, you know, gosh darn it, I, I forgot my boots. Can I, can I borrow yours? He says, yeah, go ahead. So he puts when he comes back. He slips me 50 bucks, so it was a great bonus. True story. Wow. wow. Wait just a minute. So you loaned Pat Patterson your boots one day? That's incredible. One time, one night, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I love it. Wow. Man. So my my next question, uh, and this might be a little bit tough for you, but you know everybody wants to know, you know, even though you you've had such a long professional wrestling career, what was was your most memorable match that you've ever had? Yeah, it's funny you should ask that. Now here's the story where the where the mobs involved. All right, so. <laughs> Around 1993, I'm a fastly approaching my 40th birthday, and I said to myself, you know, I ain't made a million bucks. I ain't made a million bucks yet. You know, maybe it's time to get out. So I got out for a, a year or two, and then this one promoter, he calls me. He says, hey, Ken, you interested in doing some shows for me? I said, oh, man, I don't know. I says, well, where, where are they? He goes, well, there's three of them, but the only deal – Part of this deal is you have to agree to do all three because I don't want to be chasing guys down to get these shows booked. I said, okay, where are they? He goes, well, the first one's up in Detroit, and the second one is in Columbus, and the third one is in Pittsburgh. Well, at the time, I lived in Pittsburgh. I live in Ohio now, and I lived in Pittsburgh. I said, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Where in Pittsburgh is that match? He says, at Western State Penitentiary. I said, what? He goes, this match is at the penitentiary. I made a deal with the state. And we're going to do a show. I said, 
well, that might not be interesting. So I get there that day, like practically strip search. I was almost, you know, a cavity check, make sure we didn't have any gimmicks on us or whatever. They said, now you go into this gymnasium. That'll be your locker room. Here's a guy named Tyrone. He'll give you anything you need. So I'm sitting there, and I'm stretching, getting ready for my match. I knew I was on third. I was in the tag, tag match, and all of a sudden, Tyrone says to me, hey, is that shit you do fake? I said, if it was any more real, I wouldn't do it. And he said, come on, man, you drive me. That stuff got me. I said, no, 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 no. Absolutely not fake. He said, oh, come on, man, you drive me. I don't want to hear this stuff. And this kid became a pain in the rear end. And I said to myself, I got an idea. Turned out years ago, I worked, worked for, in a theatrical business as well. And I worked with a guy who I knew was once in the penitentiary, let, got let go, and got out, got back in. He was serving nine life sentences in Pennsylvania. And when he was done with that, he had to go to Florida and do another one, right? So anyway, I says, I'm not going to name the guy's name now. I said, do you know so-and-so? He goes, you know him? I said, yeah. He goes, you want to go see him? I said, yeah. She goes, follow me, follow me. So this Tyrone is leading me through this, this, this uh, yard, the yard, and I mean, you should have seen these guys are bench pressing like Buicks, and and they had uh, she-males, and uh, the guys with like 23-inch arms, and we're going through there, and he goes, here, he's in this building, and there's a fire escape, and Tyrone runs up this fire escape, and he goes, you wait right here. My, my former co-worker comes out, looking the part. He had a uh, brown shirt on, buttoned at the collar only, with a white beater T-shirt underneath, toothpick sticking out of his mouth. He points, recognizes it's me. Hey, wait a minute. Comes- that sounds like one of my – hey, time out. That sounds like one of my cousins, for the record. I'm just letting you know that, right? <laughs> he, he, might, he, might have, he might have been your cousin. So, anyway, he comes down. He hugs me. He kissed me on both cheeks. He goes, hey, Kenny, you still doing that crap? He said, yeah. He goes, ah, that's good. Uh, I'm going to have a rooting, rooting uh, crowd for you. I said, okay, that'd be nice. So anyway, I re- then realized that this guy is the mayor of this place. I mean, he walked to me, and these guys separated like Moses did the Red Sea, right? So I go back. I get ready for my match. I'm doing a tag team match, and me, me and this guy, uh, Sean Adams, who was like a pretty boy with the pink robe and the and, and me, I was like the Beauty and the Beast thing. And we were wrestling these two Italian guys that looked like Jersey Shore boys, right? So anyway, the match comes towards an end, and we get disqualified. Well, the the rooting, my rooting squad, were were not happy because we lost. Well, they bust down the barricades and they come charging the ring, and I go, man, we got to do something quick. Well, I said, let's steal their belts. These guys love when people steal. So we stole the belts, beat them up with the belts. We got out of the ring. All the convicts come up to me. They pick me up in the air and carry me off like Vince Lombardi after the Super Bowl or something. And I get back to the dressing room. And my my friend, the nine-time life sentence guy, is doing some pretty good shit, Kenny. It's nice. I like that. 
And that was the most unbelievable match I ever had in my life. The adrenaline was crazy. And, and the greatest spot of the and the greatest spot that got the biggest pop of that match was I had the guy down and I started pulling his trunks down and I bit him on the rear end. They went nuts. They liked that stuff. You know? <laughs> hey, I've heard of booty scratchers, not ass biters before, but hey, whatever gets the job done, right? <laughs> I would say out of, out of about 572 career matches, that's the only time I bit a butt. So, okay. So, there you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, what my happened gosh. To the what happens at the penitentiary stays at the penitentiary, right? Apparently uh, not. <laughs> I guess not now, huh? Oh, it, it, that's great it, stuff right there, man. That's great oh, stuff. Right? Absolutely. So, right. there's a bit of, of time that we have left. I'm going to throw it back to Renee because I know that he has a bunch of questions himself. So, Renee, oh, why don't you go and ask him some final questions that you have, though? I do, Joe, and I really appreciate it. And you know, you know what, Ken? The thing with me is that I always like to to get the young people's perspective on the old school, and I like to get the the old school people's perspective on uh, the the uh, the new school. Uh, we have guys on all the time. The late great Tracy Smother has joined us. Uh, we've talked to Herb Simmons multiple times from SICW fame and USA Championship oh. Wrestling, and I like to oh, yeah. ask them about. I like to ask their opinions about what's going on now and what they see. So obviously in your 40 years in the business, there's been, there's never been a global pandemic like what we're going through right now. By your estimation, by your estimation, how have the big three, and when I say the big three, I'm talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, and WWE. How do you think that they, and, and you may not be into New Japan, and that's fine, you speak on what you know, how do you think they've handled it, and what would you do different if you were in charge? Just out of curiosity. Wow, that's a, that is a good question. Uh, I I watched the, the the matches on TV when there was no people there, you know, and it, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's just like running with one leg or you know two, two cylinders in a car or whatever. But you know they're they're gonna get past this and this, this this day will come to an end finally and and I think they'll come back and, and the, the time will come because I noticed one thing wrestling is a very cyclical business in other words if you liked it when you were a kid and it dies out by the time you have kids it gets interesting again because the kids like it and, and it's like, like a generational thing so I think what probably starting over now it's going to be like a whole new beginning for all this stuff. It's, it's, it's almost like what happened before, and that's done. And now they're going to start over, and we'll see what comes out of it. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Now, everything that you've seen, and I'm including kind of the Undertaker retirement here, which we talked a little bit about on part one of uh, episode 322. How did right. you think they dealt with that? How did you think they handled the Undertaker thing, and what, what would you do different in that situation? I, I see. I, I think a lot of times, you know, I'm a, I have nothing against old people. I'm one myself, but I think okay. So, but I think that you know, a guy is great, but you know, don't run him into don't run him into the ground. I mean, he probably went as long as he could, and and I don't think he should have stayed any longer. And I and I, you know, the question is, is he going to come back someday? You never know. Well, I, I would, I, I would, uh, I wouldn't bet against it. 
But uh, I know we had an extensive conversation about it last night, Jonesy, and I think they did the best they could with what they had. Uh, with mm-hmm. that said, and, and I definitely well, – I, I mean, truthfully, when you got nobody in the audience, you've got a bunch of guys that are always there that showed up. I mean, there's definitely some guys that could have showed up that probably would have showed up if it wasn't a global pandemic. Uh, the fact of the matter is is that considering the circumstances – I don't know what I would have done any differently, man. And when you're you're saying goodbye to a legend like that, I think it's right. hard to get it right when you don't have fans in the crowd. I mean, you think about giving thirty years of your life. If people say thirty years in the business, no, no, no. Undertaker's been in the in the business about as long as Ken, because he was in the business five, six, seven years before he even started his WWE run. So let's give this man his just due, just because. You don't get to WWE to a certain stage. It doesn't mean that that's when your career started. Am I right about that, Ken, or am I wrong? Oh, absolutely right. Because uh, you know, unlike baseball, where like a guy breaks in, you know, and he's like rookie of the year, and he has four or five good years, and then he starts to fade away. In wrestling, it takes you four or five years just to get there, and that's if you're really great, and and that's and that's understandable. So, yeah, the under Undertaker what has thirty. What thirty plus years in the business, right? Is that about right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. definitely more than thirty. That's the argument I'm trying to make. Right, right. Yeah, well, so well, I think, well, you know, well, I'm, I'm like, I'm like other sports wrestling. It takes time to develop a a, a, a character, an individual, whatever, you know. Absolutely. Well, listen, before we move into the shoot and shout segment and transition right into our next interview uh, with Nightmare, I had one final question. You've worn a lot of hats in the world of professional wrestling over your career, which you should be very, very proud of since your retirement, especially since your retirement in uh, uh, 2002, I should say. Um, Right. You've gotten to be a commissioner over at Fortitude Championship, and you were recently inducted into the Cleveland Wrestling Alliance Hall of Fame. This was just last year. Right. That's that was beast. Awesome. From, from that your was heart. Awesome. Tell us what it that, meant to you to be honored like that. Oh, uh, it's awesome. I, I go I go in and look at look at the plaque every day and tap it twice for good luck before I leave for the day. So yeah. That's definitely one of one of my most, you know, cherished cherished things I have. You know. And, and if anyone from Western Pennsylvania is listening, the, the Hall of Fames, there's available spaces, let me know. Okay, there. That's a shameless plug, right? <laughs> hey, come on now, PK. Step your game up. Step your game <laughs> up. Cheese, please, Papa Cheese. Please. Oh, and, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kind of abuse my power here a little bit and ask one final question. Being the commissioner of a federation is a huge responsibility. Can you talk to us just briefly about how that was maybe a little bit different from being an in-ring competitor? I'm curious to know. Well, yeah, yeah, it was in, it was it was interesting. You know, it was like I had a lot of lot of say in in, in the main events and who was going going against who, and it, it, and it was pretty pretty good at trying to keep the show together. And I, I enjoyed that time, you know. So who knows? Maybe I'll do it again for some somebody else. You don't know. It'd be awesome. And you know what? If people want to see more of you, the Sicilian Beast, they can always check out RCW Spotlight on YouTube. Guys, check them out. Give them a like and let them know the Wrestle Talk podcast sent you well. You know what, Jonesy? I hate for things to get bloody around here. I don't want anybody to end up with a horse on the on the end of their bed. 
But we've got to bring the Sicilian Beast in on tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast shooting shots a minute. And here's how it works, uh, Ken. We basically, everybody gets 30. Go ahead, go. What, what was that? Did somebody want to jump in? Sorry. Yeah. Is this where we vent? Oh, yes. That's where we're going. I know you're excited about this. So here, here's how it works. Each one of us, we're going to start with Joe, and then we'll go with me, and then we'll close it out with you, Ken, and you get 30 right. to 45 seconds to vent, bitch, complain, fuss, throw a, throw a fit about anything in the world that's bothering you. If it's wrestling-related, great. If it's not wrestling-related, that's okay. By the time Joe and myself are done, you're going to know exactly what we're doing. The question is, is the Sicilian beast ready to unleash? Absolutely. Just, just right. ask my wife. I, un- I unleash often, you know? Cut it loose. We're going to hit some music. Then Joe's going to go. Then I'm going to go. Then it'll be on you, Ken. All right. Our core hoss, our, 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 our beautiful, lovely, wonderful, hardworking audio engineer. You know what to do, baby. Hit the music. Let's go to work. professional wrestling. My shooting shout has to do with Taco Bell's Doritos Tacos. Every time I go to Doritos, I go to Taco Bell and I get my Doritos Tacos, they always fall apart on me. Every single time. I, I make a mess, it gets all over the place. It looks like I've never known how to eat uh, clean, and, and it's just ridiculous. Why can't you just make the tacos so that they don't fall apart? It, it doesn't make any sense. I just want to have a taco that doesn't fall apart. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. That was Taco Bell, right? Taco Bell. Yeah. Taco Bell. Last time I went to, ta- went to Taco Bell, I had a 90 minutes no hold barred uh, Texas death match in the bathroom. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, I'm dying right now. <laughs> All right, so here's my shooting shout, and can be ready because I'm pretty fired up about this. And my shooting shout is pro wrestling related. And, gosh, am I going to catch heat for this, but I don't give a damn. And here it is. How is it that some of you out there, including our, our, our wonderful guests, this is precluding you, Ken, this is not you, you did a great job. How can you call yourself a serious professional if you're being interviewed by one of the top professional wrestling podcasts in the country, episode 322, part two, what's up, Wrestling Talk Podcast, doing big things? How don't you have a clear picture that we can crop to put on a poster? I'm guessing that along along the, the road at some point in your, you know, X amount of years that you've been in the business, ladies and gentlemen, then you might have taken a half-decent picture that somebody could put on a damn poster to advertise your appearance. People get pissed when they're booked on shows and they don't appear in the poster, and then there are people that don't even have a decent picture to be put on the poster. 
picture to provide for advertising purposes. Guys, it's called the wrestling business. And really, it should be called business wrestling because the business of it is just as or maybe even more important than the wrestling itself. And how do you do business? You make yourself accessible. How do you make yourself accessible? You make yourself visible. How do you make yourself visible, Jonesy? You have a decent effing picture to provide the people that are interviewing you. Let me tell you something. Ken, your picture is freaking outstanding. You look professional. You look like a effing badass that could still kick somebody's ass today. Okay? As, as, as long as you're over 70 years old, I might not have a problem. He <laughs> <laughs> got their number. When somebody sees us, the Sicilian beast, Ken Sermonara, they know he means business. So if you're serious about what you're doing, ladies and gentlemen, have at least one half-decent photo that somebody can crop and put on an advertisement poster. I know that was more than 45 seconds, but I had to get it off my chest. Ken, you know what to do, baby. Let them have it. Okay. I'll, here, this is on a, on a wrestling note. A lot of times the younger guys are just starting out. They call you up and tell you what they you should do with them. And, you know, could you see walking in on a job in the first, second month and saying, well, Bosley, put me here, put me there, put me there. You know, they'll put you in when it's your time. I mean, I don't understand these guys. I mean, just you know, relax, take a chill pill, learn, pay attention, hold your tongue, do what you got to do, and there, boom, you get there, usually. Mm. Usually. <laughs> yes. Doesn't it all go back to the same thing? Doesn't it all go back to the people at Taco Bell making the tacos the right way? The right way? Doesn't it all go back to guys paying respect to their elders and learning what they're supposed to learn and keeping their damn mouth shut? Doesn't it come back to people having half decent pictures? Guys, I think what we're talking about is professionalism, and I think we have displayed that with our first ever interview with the Sicilian Beast. Ken, I tip my cap to you. This has been so much fun. We want to respect your time and let you get out of here. But, man, thank you so much for being here. Two bits of business before you go. Number one, welcome as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family. It's like an Omerta that you're taking here, right? Once you're in the family, you're always in the family. And number two, tell people, tell the people how they can keep up with you and everything you're doing on social media. Please do us that favor. Yes, I will. I just like I said, RCW Spotlight on YouTube. Watch it; it's pretty good. I have a great rapport with this other guy, even though I don't like him very much. But don't tell him that. And uh, he, he's begging me to wrestle him, you know. And I just said, "Come on!" I says, "I'll tell you what." He goes, "Come on, one time would've been great." I said, "Yeah, thirty years ago would've been great. Twenty years ago might have been great." I says, "I got what?" I says, "Here's my answer to your question." Well, what did Jerry Maguire say? Tell me what Jerry Maguire said. Show me the money. I got it. I got it. No, no, I got Show it. Show me the money. Absolutely. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. I, I don't. Hello. I don't. Not that one. Hold on. I got I, it. Are you coming? No, I know what it is. It's help me help you. Is that the one? You, help me help that's you. That's the one. And show me the money. Yeah, baby, and, let's go. <laughs> that's it. If I'm going to take a chance on another heart attack, I want well compensated. That's it. But I'm doing real well. A couple of years ago, I lost 80 pounds, and I've kept it off, and I feel really good. So not, huh? not bad for an old guy, 66 years old. 
Okay. Not even afraid to admit my age, right? Hey, you know what? You earned every single year. Jonesy, give me your final thoughts, man. What an incredible interview. Oh, man, just thank you for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to, to come on. It's been a it's been a absolute pleasure. Uh, we can't wait to have you on again. Just promise that you'll come back on again at some point. I absolutely be an honor to come back. I'll come back anytime. You call me. You get a hold of me. I'll be there. Awesome. All right. Like thank, you. thank you guys very very much. Peace. Salute. Uh, salute. Salute. All right. Take care. In the words of Guido Mongol, bye, bye, bye. He always said that when he called. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> All right. Here it is, Big, big things tonight, man. Appreciate it. Right. Wow. Take, what an take incredible care, interview, man. Thanks a lot. Thank guys. you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Jonesy, I, I, I know that we were upset last night that we couldn't do these interviews due to our own uh, our, our own technical issues. But, bro, I don't think the interview could have gotten any better, bro. And, and we got about two seconds, and we got to jump into the next one. So, so before mm-hmm. we get there, just really quickly, I wanted to thank so very, very much all of our wonderful sponsors, uh, King Cade and RetroZone at the Oak Park Mall, uh, Esports Bar KC in Shawnee, Kansas, where we host our watch parties, uh, Royal Mills Transportation, I-70 Sports Media. If we're lucky, we might just hear from the maestro himself a little bit later. Also, I uh, want to give a huge shout-out to Pat Milicic, UFC Hall of Famer, and uh, Jay Hollywood, our boy over there at the Conspiracy Farm. It's me speaking to you and everything combat. Dude, our sponsors have always been so great to us, and, and they take care of us. I mean, quite honestly. And, and the part that makes me the most excited, bro, is that, these mugs right here are provided to us by Rap Bum Engraving. You guys can get your own personalized WrestleTalk podcast mug with your name put on it. We're not talking about some flimsy T-shirt or some played-out-ass wristband. No, we're talking about a bar-quality beer mug that you can use for floats or whatever, so don't feel obligated. It's guaranteed our researchers, our researchers, have already done the work for you, proven to make your drink taste 17.5% more delicious. WrestleTalkPodcast.com for more information on the mugs. Thank you, Rathbones Engraving. Jonesy, I'm ready to go because we lost Pat Patterson today, and we've got guys like Kurt Angle talking about it. And I quote, I'm very sad to hear about the passing of one of my best friends, Pat Patterson. He had an infectious personality where you always wanted to be around him. This photo, pictured below, is with me and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21, along with Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson allowed us, helped us, create an incredible story. R.I.P. Hall of Famer. Those are thoughts from the legendary man himself, Kurt Angle. Joe, we got to get into the next interview, though, bro, because I could go on forever. Why don't you do the honor of introducing our next guest, who I know is going to give you a hard time, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, of course you are, Renee. Of course you are. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the next guy that we had coming on, he's no stranger to the Rest of Talk podcast. We've had him on multiple times before. He is a member of the Covenant in New Evolution Wrestling alongside the Omen, Rockshaw, and Father Craven. He's been in the professional wrestling business 
for 15 years, he blends many styles of of, of uh, wrestling, and he and it's so that it's almost impossible for his opponents to prepare for what is about to happen, ladies and gentlemen. If you're lucky, he doesn't hit you with the moves such as the Dream Killer or the Headless Horseman, ladies and gentlemen. It is all honor and privilege to announce and bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Nightmare. Nightmare, welcome to the podcast again, sir. How are you tonight? How are we doing, guys? Oh, my goodness. It is amazing to have you come on again. I mean, you've got the Nightmare, you've got Nightmare Jones. What other podcast could you want right now? Hey, Nightmare Jones, Mr. Imposter Nightmare, I would like to know how you're recovering. How am I recovering? Yes, I heard you had a recent uh, hillbilly circumcision that kicked your sister in the chin. How are you recovering from all that? You all right? Um, I hear you're half the man you used to be. Oh, my goodness. See, this is why. See, I'm glad that you're enjoying this, Renee. I'm glad that you're enjoying this. Of course, he's going to enjoy this. I'm a very funny man. I'm fucking dying over here. Oh, my goodness. All right, let me me help you out, Nightmare Jones, because we we were already talking uh, to the Sicilian Beast, Ken uh, Sermonara, just a minute ago, and we referenced a headless horse, and and I just don't want you to end up in the headless horseman tonight because it's going to be over for you, and you're going to be out of commission for at least several months if you survive it. So, so let me take the lead lead on this one. Nightmare, as always, an honor to have a man of your uh, of your prestige and your accomplishments back on the Wrestle Talk podcast, bro. It's been a while since we talked, a couple of months at least, bro. What the hell has been up? How does Nightmare deal? How does the Covenant deal with the freaking pandemic? Because you guys have gotten to have a way cooler way of dealing with the pandemic than like some boring old guy like the Night Owl who just basically watches his kids all day. <laughs> And does the podcast by night, bro. What have you been up to? Well, we've been dealing with the same stuff everybody else is dealing with. The Covenant meets when uh, we feel the need, when we need to talk about our devious plans and intentions for everybody else. What's going to happen will all be uh, revealed very shortly. And it's bad news for whoever is in our way. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me at all. I know that's how you guys do business. i got to give my respects to to the uh, the great Father Craven and all the hard work that he continues to do to make the Covenant elite everywhere they go. Uh, but let me change gears a little bit with you here, and I want to talk about you as an individual. Obviously, you've been in the game for 15 years. Uh, there's never been a year like 2020. Obviously, it's it's a it's a it's really a momentum shift for the whole country. But it's also been a big momentum shift for professional wrestling. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Ken towards the end of our interview. How do you think some of the companies have done to adapt and adjust to the new environment uh, where they're still trying to engage with the fans, but obviously they don't have the 
the, the benefit of being able to do a whole lot of shows, man. How do you think some of the companies in your area or maybe even nationally and, and internationally have been dealing with it? What's your opinion on that? Well, I think they're all trying to adapt to something that's unprecedented. Nobody's ever seen nothing like this in our time. And yep. it, it creates all kinds of uh, different uh, issues and problems that they're trying to overcome in new adaptive ways. They're trying to still involve the fans, which is very difficult at this time, trying to keep everybody safe, trying to keep their talent safe. Sometimes they're doing a decent job of that. Other times you'll see a little spike. But uh, all in all, it's uh, a little hard to see no fans there because the fans are what makes everything we do, and it's hard not to be able to engage them and to be able to not have their real reactions to anything that you're doing and having to the vocalizations. And some some people like me feed off of that. So when I wrestle with no fans or, or very few fans, it's very difficult for me because I can't gauge a reaction on if I need to change something, if I need to amp it up, if I if I need to go in a different direction. You try and make sure that the fan's getting their money's worth. And with that, being able to either see them live or hear uh, their reaction, it becomes a very, very hard thing to do. You know, you're trying to make sure that they are engaged and they're enjoying the match or or the entire show but uh, you don't really know and you're left wondering if what you're doing is is pleasing them or displeasing them sometimes you want to be uh be hated like i am as a heel you know their their uh cheers never mattered to me i always like to hear their booze it's music to my ears but you don't know if that's their real feelings right now. And hopefully uh, when this is all over, they're all going to come back. We're going to be able to entertain them the way only we can. And uh, yeah. we're going to be back to giving them their full money's worth. Dude, no doubt about it. And, and I'm going to ask you to, to maybe dig even a little bit deeper than that because I know you have been a, a veteran of the ring wars for now uh, over 15 years. Uh, one thing that I keep hearing the commentators say, both in football and in professional wrestling, which we're competing against tonight, how ballsy are we? We've got NXT, AEW, and the NFL tonight, and we don't give a damn, right? Because <laughs> we had to pay homage to Pat Patterson. Uh, so I, I want to ask you this question. They keep saying this. They keep saying, oh, now that there's not a crowd, we can be a little bit more locked into what the athletes are saying, both, again, in football and in wrestling. I was a little wary of that, particularly in professional wrestling, because in football there are code words that are used, right? We all remember Peyton Manning, you know, Omaha, mm-hmm. Omaha, right? They yell all this crazy stuff. None of us know what it meant. But in wrestling, that's a little bit different. I'm curious. From an insider's perspective, Nightmare, how do you feel about that? Is it cool that we can hear the wrestlers a little bit more now? Or are you I don't afraid like you like fans it. are? What, what do you think? I Go think- ahead. I don't like it very much, uh, but I'm not really a talker in the ring anyway. Uh, If I do need to communicate, I'll have a signal that we both know. Uh, I do very rare talking because most of it I have in my head anyway. So, And I'm not going to be telling somebody what's coming because then they could avoid it. If if they're going to be uh, listening to what I have to say, I'm going to throw out something uh, that's going to confuse them. I might say elbow and hit them with a leg strike. Because I can't have them trying to uh, see what I'm all about. 
because then I can't beat them that way. If you give somebody your head, your hands are easy. You know, they can get that space in your head. You start thinking about them, and then you make a mistake, and that's the biggest wrong thing you could do in this business. Nightmare, giving us the great insight we always look forward to. Well, Jonesy, I think I've given you guys enough of a buffer to where I don't think yeah. you're going to get choked out, but I make no promises. Well, so, the night's so, young. Yeah, the night is <laughs> Damn right. Damn right it is. Joe, why don't you jump back in here, man, with our return guest, longtime member of the WrestleTalk family, Nightmare. Sure. Um, so my first question is, you know, you are a, a member of the uh, Covenant, and uh, uh, my question is, how did you get involved with Father Craven? Like, well, like how do you get involved with, with with somebody as diabolical as Father Craven? Well, like-minded people always seek out other like-minded people. You know, he saw something in me, and I was at the time wasn't really knowing what I was going to do on my next move. And he saw that, and he saw what he could do for me. So he took me under his wing. And in doing so, he showed me the ways of the covenant, how I can improve myself and decimate my opponents. He showed me how to use their weaknesses against them in ways that I had never even considered. And every time I'm out there in that ring, it shows every time he sat me down and went through things with a fine-tooth comb about my opponent, showing me all their weaknesses and showing me what I could exploit on them. And I've done that in a grand fashion, and I'm going to continue to do that for as long as I feel like it. Well, there you go. That 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 was 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 definitely a uh, a uh, the answer that that I was looking for. Now, you know, you are you know in this covenant with Omen and and Rockshaw. Uh, what's it like being in this this group with with those two other gentlemen? Oh, it, it makes every day at work a walk in the park because we all know what each other's thinking. We all know what each other has planned, and we work together to take down anybody in our way. And there is nobody that can match up with us. It doesn't matter who you throw at us. We are prepared for everybody, and we have a special plan for anybody. Absolutely. Um, now, my final question, before I throw it back to Renee, because I know that he has, has a bunch more uh, questions. You are guys that that it has that is known to have many different styles, and if I'm not mistaken, the reason that you do that is so that nobody knows what's what's coming towards them. Uh, what made you decide that that's what you wanted to use in your professional wrestling style? Well, it's really just common sense. If you work one style then everybody can prepare for it. Everybody can eventually learn how to beat you because you're not going to be adaptable. By learning everyone else's style, they never see what's going to come, and I can match up with anything that they do. It doesn't matter if you have an aerial assault. I'm prepared for that. If you are a ground-and-pound guy, I can take care of you that way too. I can do anything that anybody else can do, and I can do it better. Well, you know what? I 
hate to be a contrarian, but tonight you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is because you know what? Nightmare Joe's chickened out. He was given the opportunity to go one-on-one with you in tonight's trivia challenge, and he got scared, and he said, no, Night Owl. Of course he gets scared. He got scared. He chickened out. Expect nothing less from him. Joe, listen, Joe. You're supposed to have my back in there. But then you, you, you're back to be... He's backing out like a schoolroom sissy because he already you knows the results. The night out is fighting for my honor. This is what the night out you're, you're supposed to do. No, no, I'm, oh going my to, bro. I'm going to. But I have to expose you to a certain extent because I need you to man the hell up and show Nightmare who the real Nightmare is. It would have to be a man first. You gotta, oh, listen, he can lay, oh, hold on. Take it easy now. now. Well, That's my co-host now. Don't, oh, don't, half you a man gotta, now. You gotta relax. You gotta relax. All right, we are, before we get into the game show challenge, we are going to uh, hear a couple of voice uh, messages that we got from Mama Time and, believe it or not, the Hall of Famer, the Iron Sheik, about Joe deciding that he did not want to compete against Nightmare tonight. First, oh let's hear from God. Mama Time. <laughs> I think it's shit. Oh, well, there you go. Mama Time thinks of shit, and I want to also hear what the Iron Sheik thinks about Nightmare Jones backing out of his challenge tonight. Fucking bullshit! Well, there you go. Yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. The Iron Sheik okay, knows bullshit. what's up. Hey, but I'm going to tell you something now, right, Nightmare, before we hit the music and get started. I'm going to work with my brother, La Familia brother, uh, Nightmare Jones, yes, I'm breaking the fourth wall. You guys can suck it. I'm going to work with him, and next time you come on, it's going to ah, be so Nightmare, two and, Nightmare two on one, huh? This, kid, this kid's going to be the encyclopedia of professional wrestling, guaranteed 99% winner of the challenge when you come on next time, as long as you're willing to come back on with us here in the near future. I always am. <laughs> I love it. Well, Hardcore Hoss, you know what to do, because tonight the night I was
think Nightmare's going to appreciate this. Hardcore Hoss, before we kick off the challenge, which I know everybody's looking forward to, I need you to hit the breaking news right this second. Hit it right now. Do it, Hoss. Hit the breaking news.
since it is December 2nd, what we're going to do today is we are going to do, it is information about three famous professional wrestlers who have December birthdays. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. And the first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. So I'll give you a couple couple questions, uh, a couple hints. You 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 tell me who you think that, that it is. Whoever gets it right gets the point. Just shout out your answer. It's pretty simple, right? All right. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into question number one. In 2017, this WWE Hall of Famer was born on December 7th, 1958. And in his professional wrestling career, he won the WCW Intercontinental World Heavyweight Championship on three occasions, the WCW United States Championship, and the World Class World Heavyweight Championship. They remember this man for his physique verbally berating fans on the microphone and for winning the Intercontinental Championship from the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 5, and he was one of the only men Rick Rude. to show Rick Give Rude. Rick Rude. Correct. Nightmare has gotten the first point. They're going at Renee. Don't you get swept. You're fighting for it the honor. Right there. It was right there. <laughs> Question number two. This wrestler was born on December 18, 1970, in Battle Creek, Michigan. In his ECW career, he won the ECW RVD. World RVD is correct. Damn it! Not boy, you didn't even get it out of the gate, boy. I have. Listen. You should have known that. Is that the fastest you ever got your ass whipped? You no, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right now, we're, 
show. You can uh, catch me on Instagram right now at pro underscore wrestler underscore nightmare or on Facebook at pro wrestler nightmare. And uh, before uh, I uh, get off the air with you guys, I just want to obviously uh, send my condolences to uh, Pat Patterson's family and friends. And uh, also I wanted to send out some uh, love to a few other uh, Wrestlers that are going through some hard times right now. Uh, Gilberg just had a heart attack. Uh, we want to wish him well. Jimmy Rave uh, had an arm amputation, uh, along with uh, Super Genie, who had a leg amputation. We we want to wish yeah. them uh, a lot of, of good luck. I hope they have a fast recovery. Um, a good uh, couple wrestlers uh, on the New York uh, indie scene. Uh, Steven Parsons uh, fighting COVID right now. And Eric Jaden's kicking cancer's ass. And uh, my guy from uh, Minnesota, by way of Maryland, Jason Inc., he, he's just recently had some shoulder surgery, and we want to wish him well. All these guys are, are fighting real hard, and they're all going to you know, recover from all their injuries and ailments real soon. And I know uh, everybody on this podcast wants to wish them well, too. We do. We do. Former guest Jimmy Rave. Uh... What, what can I say? Uh, Gilbert, actually, former two-time guest, and he tunes into the show quite frequently as well. So, absolutely, we share those sentiments. Joe, why don't you say goodnight? And, and you know what, Nightmare, you didn't promise to come back on in the near future. You're coming back. Absolutely. Time. Yes, because I, I, I heard that uh, that uh, Joe has another appointment with his other sister after he recovers from this one. Don't worry, that one doesn't have teeth, so it's okay, just like him. Taking all this in because next time that you come on show, you won't have the Night Owl to go up against. No, you're going to have Nightmare Jones, and I'm going to show you why they call me Nightmare Jones. And when I sweep you, I'm going to sweep you underneath that rug, and maybe I'll take your place in the Covenant. Oh, I doubt that very highly. You don't have the intellect to compete with us on any level. Oh, oh my gosh. I can't believe. You've only got a kindergarten education. That's all they go up to in Kentucky. (laughs) They can't count higher than three. I'm not from Kentucky. That's where you are now, aren't you? No, Oh, he's West Virginia. That's even worse. (laughs) Oh, man. Talk about hillbilly hell. Where the men are men oh, and the sheep shit. are nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the conclusion of our second featured interview of the evening. Uh, Hoss, I got one unidentified phone number, 9151. Can I get a name on that so I know who that is? Guys, we got a few minutes left on tonight's show. Uh, no more than five, maybe ten if you guys are extra well-behaved. Dude, I want to know what you guys thought. I don't care what you're calling it about. If you want to come on the show tonight, I want to know how you felt about our two interviews because they may have been two of our best interviews of 2020. We're supposed to be putting a highlight show together, Joe, for the beginning of the year, and I think this show belongs in the highlight show. Dude, it's been so long since we've gotten a chance to do interviews together, and I really missed it. Jonesy, I know I let you down in the game show challenge, bro, but I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm very excited to be back on the air with you. You know, I love you. You're my brother. 
And guess what, dude? We're just getting started. Wrestle Talk Podcast feels like it's absolutely getting out of control in the best way possible, bro. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, it has. It has been an absolute amazing show. This has been absolutely uh, freaking phenomenal. I've I've had a freaking blast. I've I've had a ball. I missed doing the uh, the uh, uh, show, and man, it's like old times coming back once again, man. Like like doing the the uh, show yesterday, and then coming back and doing the uh, show again tonight's been absolutely amazing. Dude, it has. Well, you know what, dude? I got to make sure that I, I, I check a couple of quick emails here, and it'll, it'll take me about 30 seconds. While I do that, can you do me a favor and welcome in a man who's going to give us an update on all the crazy stuff that's been going on in sports? Yeah, we're going to hear about what's going on with AEW. We're going to hear a little Drake 16. On? We got Drake Lee coming on? Yes! Oh, no. no. Yes, Even Drake. better, ladies Drake and gentlemen, from, no, wait a minute. Even better. Ladies and gentlemen, from I-70 Sports Media, the uh, maestro, Jeremy Carr. Uh, hello, Jeremy. Take it away. What's going on, sir? Jeremy? Well, we get Jeremy uh, on for the technical difficulties, but yeah, you know, Sting coming on was absolutely amazing. Um, this was something that there, there was a rumor that he was supposed to come on at some point, and everybody was thinking it was going to be at the uh, pay-per-view. I didn't think that it was going to happen at a, uh, a Dynamite. I, I really, truly didn't, but... Uh, but yeah, that that's freaking awesome for A A A E E W. Uh, I'm just excited to see what they're going to do with him. That's exactly what I want to see. Are you with us yet, Jeremy? <sighs> As we still wait on Jeremy, call it technical difficulties. I guess, ladies and gentlemen, things happen. We will get him on the night I will. Oh, we're waiting on Jeremy to call in. He's not on hold. We're waiting on Jeremy to call in. So, Mr. Carver, if you could please call in so, so we can talk to you about what's going on. Or even Drake Lee. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to watch anything that's going on in, in NXT, but I will say the one thing that I've seen is Tony Storm turned heel, and I think that's awesome because I think that that Tony Storm is very, very good at being a heel, and I'm excited to see what she does as a heel in NXT. Um, She's got that. that, Josie, Josie, I'm back. Josie, I I am back, and I want to apologize because we, we actually did not have a good connection with the maestro, Jeremy Carp, uh, we're trying to establish that reconnection, so my bad. We actually do have him on now, and what's going to be fun is we're going to talk to Jeremy Carp, and we're going to have a live call-in from the FWWC during one of our matches tonight. The world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion is going to get their spot. I believe one of the competitors 
during tonight's FWWC matchup, Mr. Swag has a cell phone in his pocket during his match. So we're going to talk to Jeremy Carr for just a minute, and then we're going to jump right over to FWWC. This is going to be freaking crazy. An unprecedented night here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast episode uh, 322. But, Joe, ask your question again, because I do believe we got a great live connection with the maestro of the microphone, Jeremy Carr. See, this wouldn't have happened if it was Drake Lee. But anyway, anyway, so Jeremy, what's going on, sir? How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing absolutely amazing. I'm glad that you're able to join us tonight, sir. So what did you think about Sting joining AEW? And do you think the WWE should be worried about it? You know... So many stars, past and present, and even future, have joined AEW. And WWE doesn't seem to really be making many audibles and adjustments to counter those moves. I mean, because you've got some worldwide top stars on AEW. Yeah. So, and at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, well, what has WWE done to counter that? Who have they brought in? to really, you know, counter what AEW is doing. So should they be worried? They should, because it seems like AEW is the brand new hot spot to go to. But are they going to be worried? I don't think so, because whether any of us like it or not, the big bucks are still piling in for WWE. They're still top guys until anybody says otherwise. Exactly, exactly. And and my thing is this, until AEW is able to even remotely come up to the same ratings as Raw and SmackDown, the WWE is not really worried about them. I mean, it's awesome that they brought in Sting, and and I enjoyed seeing, seeing Sting, but is Sting really as big of a draw as what he used to be? That's my question. Wow. Um, the, eternal, the eternal pessimist, Nightmare Jones. Jeremy, before I comment, <laughs> I want to let you jump in on that. <laughs> wow. Um, but is he the, the big draw that used to be? I mean, I don't know. Is Ric Flair the same draw for WWE that he used to be? I mean, no. I think – I mean, that's a, that's a good counter for it because the way I look at it is, look, any Raw or SmackDown, and they say Ric Flair is going to be on, yeah, we know he's not going to wrestle a match or anything, but hell, I'm still going to tune in because I was still watching Ric Flair wrestle when I was growing up, and I loved it. You know, Ric Flair is, in my opinion, the GOAT. So with Sting, I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time as well. So while I feel that he does still have that name brand to him, that draw to him, more people these days are going to want to tune into Dynamite to watch Kenny Omega and Adam Page and Chris Jericho than they will to see Sting because mm-hmm. those three that I just mentioned have more to offer to the table for the future of professional wrestling than Sting does. Whoa. Strong takes from both of you. And before I comment, We're going to transition real quick because we actually have a live caller from the FWWC. 
You don't I have any swag. I know you're limited. I know you're getting ready to be tagged back I'm, in. Bro, what the hell is going on in the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion tonight? What do you got going on, bro? Bring us up to speed. Headlock, but I'm gonna tell you what right now, night now, me and the law man are kicking ass as usual. Hold on, let me tag in. Hold on, hold. On. All right, all right, all right, all right. What is up, night owl? I'm talking to you live from ringside in my match with the law man against the Hefty Boys for number one contendership to get after that tag title bell again. Pittsburgh's top defense. 
and they defeated the Baltimore Ravens 19-14 to go 11-0 and on the season, ending Baltimore's hopes of recapturing the division title. Yes, they're still somewhat alive in the playoff hunt, but they're two games behind the Cleveland Browns in the wild card race and behind a whole bunch of other teams. And let me tell you, it was quite the sloppy game by both sides. And like I said, when you're a team like the Ravens that have 18 guys out because of COVID, that's going to happen. But this game, Renee and Joe, this game was delayed for six days. This was supposed to happen Thanksgiving night. It happened 3.40 this afternoon because they're doing the Rockefeller tree ceremony in New York right now. Like, are you kidding me? Football, a prime (laughs) matchup, lost to a tree in the time slot. They're they're also losing to the WrestleTalk podcast tonight. Well, everybody loses to the WrestleTalk podcast. Hey, most of our listeners are streamers. We've been heard in over 40 countries up to this point in our career, and we're going to stand by, baby. We're not afraid to go up against the best. We're not, right? Josie, tell these people, we don't play. We got content. We got interviews. We got the best guests. We got the maestro coming in and dropping knowledge. I mean, the Wrestle Talk Podcast is doing business. Am I wrong? No, you're totally right. 100% right. We, shoot, we're just as good as everybody else is. If if you you if you're not supporting us, then you're sleeping on us. And when you sleep when you sleep on us, then you get beat. You miss a hell of a show if you're sleeping on us. Damn right. That's and right. I'll tell you what, what Jonesy for for from my ghetto babies out there that I know watch the show, basically what Nightmare's telling you is if you're not checking us out and supporting the Wrestle Talk podcast, you're slipping on your pimping and slacking on your mackin'. But you know who's not slacking on their mackin'? Somebody repping the West Side. My boy Owen, a.k.a. Sick from the FWWC, just picked up himself a customized Wrestle Talk podcast mug. No, we're not giving it to him. He decided to call in. He messaged your boy, and he said, you know what, bro? I'm ready. I'm ready to make the commitment. I'm ready to have the gift that lasts a lifetime. He's got himself a Wrestle Talk podcast mug coming. It's going to stay sick right on the bottom, and it's going to be absolutely incredible. And by the end of today's show, hopefully, we'll have his daughter's song uploaded, and that's when it closed out tonight's show. So before we go back to Jonesy and Jeremy Carp, we got one last caller from the FWWC, a man who recently regained the FWWC World Heavyweight Championship from Arden Murphy on Rise. Ladies and gentlemen, a guy that represents La Familia Worldwide's next generation. That's right, amigos. I'm talking about the only one that's the hottest in the city, time, and space, El Diablo. Now, now you know he's not coming come going without music, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, hardcore Haas. 
shoot all your shots and we still won't come down We some wolves, we some rocks, yeah they call us Why, thank you, Nightmare Jones. Thank you. You arrogant bastard. We're already over on time. I'm going to get so much heat from the wife, and you still demand that we play your interest music. Bro, I really hope you've got something important to say. Well, just like every time I call, there is so much that I could say. Hmm. Well, let's start with this Friday. The Pick'em, the almighty Pick'em. Now, one of my questions is, I wonder if Daniel Grimm will actually show up on time for once. Because if not, let's just say I'm going to have to mix things up all over again. Now, after that, speaking of Friday, I get the chance to finally tag team with one of my fellow La Familia brothers. And his name is Boom Baby The Hill Deal. Would you like to know our new tag team name? Wait, wait. So you're tagging with the Hill Deal? Mayhem is tagging with the Hill Deal? What kind of weird no, this strange... Is just, this, this is just a one-time thing. Of course, my brother is a free agent at the moment. So I thought, why not steal an opportunity to tag with him this one time? I mean, come on, Marcus Mayhem could let he could let me borrow him for a day, right? I don't know, Marcus is not the best at sharing, but let's hope that since it's you, that he's not gonna freaking pull his tampon out and throw a hissy fit. So, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday on the Rise Brand, you will be seeing. The idiots known as Dark Sisters versus the Sexy Heels. Sexy Heels? Oh my gosh! Are you freaking serious? I mean, come on, just look, look, just look at it this way. El Diablo, the sexy one. Heel deal, the heel deal one. Put it together. It's it, it's only right. Now that that before, that disgusts me. That that really now, disgusts me. So instead of coming now that up I, with now that now that creative names now that I got sexy heels, are you serious right now? This is embarrassing. Never drew a dime. Not a dime. Not a dime. <laughs> well, to get rid of that sour taste out of your mouth, how about I tell you a joke? Now, uh, I don't know okay. if anybody's heard because, well, frankly, nobody cares. But Sad Man Joe has finally decided to make his return. And could you believe this, Night Owl? This idiot actually sent out an open challenge to me. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, wait. So, so Mad Man Joe I... challenged you to a match even though he's got a Dark Realm Trios tournament match this Friday? Is he out of his mind? That doesn't make sense to me. He's an idiot. The whole point is, it's nothing but a joke. Nothing has been signed. Nothing has been made official. But, you know, I just thought I'd get that sour taste out of your mouth and let you hear one of the greatest knee slappers of all freaking time. (laughs) You know, 
know what? Usually, El Diablo, I'm not on your side, but I think Madman Joe, the Prophets of Madness, and Jake Wyatt should be a little bit more focused on their match this Friday against Casey Connection in the Dark World Trust Tournament. Before we let you go and we go back to the maestro, any final thoughts about anything revolving around the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC El Diablo? You know, since you brought up the Dark Realms Trios Tournament, I'd actually like to say something about that. When it comes to all you idiots who happened to just be lucky enough to be a part of this whole thing, I hope, like my big brother Jimbo says, you idiots bring your A game. Because if you don't, you might just not leave the Dark Realm after all. Have a good night, boys. Wonderful! Okay. I have to apologize to all the listeners. The FWWC has a way of kind of taking over the show, and and I lose control, I'm going to admit. I know Haas does what he can. I know Josie does what he can. But these FWWC people run rampant, and, and when they come on, we just try to keep up. So, shout out to everybody from the FWWC. Swag in the middle of his match. The FWWC uh, world champion, uh, El Diablo from Rise Brand, coming in and doing his thing. Uh, I, I love them, man. I love what they do. I love the energy that they bring. And uh, this show would not be the same without the FWWC, that's for sure. But anyway, we'll, we'll move away from that and close out the show on this note. Jeremy, the, the maestro, the one and only maestro of I-70 Sports Media, I know tonight has been an incredible night in sports. You got Wrestle Talk Podcast, you got NXT, you got AEW, you got football. Man, I know 2020's been a rough year, but there have definitely been highlights to this year. Bro, can you tell us what keeps you going? What keeps you fired up? What keeps you pushing forward when you have every reason to make excuses for this year to be a wash? You continue to work your ass off and bring the best content in sports and professional wrestling available in the Midwest. you got to tell us your secret, bro. There's something in the Kool-Aid, okay? You're putting a special ingredient into that special sauce, and we want to know what it is. Jeremy Carp, the maestro, please drop some knowledge on us, bro, because we love your energy, and we love the fact that you always bring knowledge. So what do you want to hit on before you get out of here tonight and we close out episode 322? Well, I got a couple things to say. First off, if there was something in the Kool-Aid, I might not have as much anxiety as I usually deal with on a daily basis. But we're really keeping going. Hey, I got three kids, bro, and one of them has got having a baby in a couple of months, so anxiety is my best friend. Hey, right there with you. But let me tell you, what keeps me going is those that tune in to the podcast the ones that read the articles, that look at the posts on social media. It's the audience. I mean, I've run most of the I-70 sports operation myself. I've had some great help along the way from a lot of great people, but when it comes to managing it day by day, up up to this point, it's really been me having to take care of the load, and I'm working on changing that. But it's everybody who supports and follows and listens and views that keeps it going for me. It's my late grandpa. It's my family that's still with me. It's my friends, you know, my closest friends who are brothers, mi familia. They're the ones that keep me going through all this. 
Um, I've hit some really rough personal patches this year. Um, really dealt with a severe doubt, bout of depression. Every week I'm getting better as a person. And being a part of this WrestleTalk podcast family has been nothing short of a blessing. Doing Interstate 70 Sports Media is nothing short of a blessing. And I'm just thankful to be a part of all of this. And I have no intentions of slowing down anytime soon. That's beautiful. Well, Jeremy, before we close out the show with Nightmare Jones, any final notes that you want to share with the listeners tonight about what you've seen tonight, whether it be from NXT, AEW, or maybe even the NFL? Uh, by the way, for my Hooper fans out there, John Wall and a first-round draft pick just went to Houston in exchange for Russell Westbrook, in case you didn't know. Maybe you don't even care. That's fine. All I know is we've got people from all over the world listening to the show, and I want to sure I keep everybody up to speed. Since they're sacrificing that entertainment for us, I at least got to do them that favor. But, Jeremy, any final, final thoughts on anything in general before we throw to Jonesy and close out tonight's show? Yeah, there's something I, I've wanted to say, and I'm grateful to be on tonight to say it. You know, January is one of my favorite months of the wrestling year. You know, we always have, like, when WrestleMania season starts, as Vince McMahon always liked to say. And January has always been one of my favorite months for wrestling because we have the Royal Rumble. And every Royal, every year with the Royal Rumble, my friends and I, we all get together, you know, and we we sit down, we watch it, we enjoy it, we kind of take bets on who we think is going to win. None of that would happen. Us getting together for that event would not happen if it were not for the late, great Pat Patterson. He created the Royal Rumble events. And, you know, it's those little small things, those little degrees of the chain reaction, the domino effect. Um, you know, he wasn't a main eventer for all for decades like Sam Martino or Luke Fez. He only won the Intercontinental he was the inaugural Intercontinental title holder, but he wasn't like multiple time champions constantly. But it was what he did behind the scenes. He was a part of the first WrestleMania, a big part of it. Like I said, he created the Royal Rumble match. He was a big focal point in the attitude era with Vince McMahon and Gerald Briscoe. I mean the impact that he's left on the wrestling world, you see all those posts from people like Mick Foley, Chris Jericho, The Rock, Vince McMahon himself, and, you know, it's it's been a rough year for losing a lot of, you know, amazing wrestlers, a lot of wrestling personalities, and he's just another one on the list of legends that we will all dearly miss. We will, and, and Jones... I'm going to let you really close it out. Uh, Hoss, hopefully we have um, six daughter song ready to go for tonight because I think that would be a great way to close out the show and show support. But let me share just one last tweet with you guys, and, and that will be up on WrestleTalkPodcast.com where we have our Twitter stream uh, right there for you. It updates every 15 or 30 minutes or so. Uh, and here is the tweet from The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, concerning Pat Patterson. It says, Dear Pat, last time I saw you, you were at Madison Square Garden. You told me that I found my way, that I made it. You told me that Black Jack would be proud if he saw what I've accomplished. I never forgot it. Thank you, Pat. It meant more than you know. 
rest well, my friend. Joe, close us out. Yeah, you know, thank you, everybody, for uh, supporting us. Thank you for uh, listening to the show every single week. We wouldn't be here without you. Uh, We love each and every single one of you. Uh, It's been absolutely amazing. Uh, We're not about to stop anytime soon. We've only getting bigger. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming on. Thank you for Drake Lee. Thank you to Renee. Thank you to to, uh, to Skywalker. Everybody's been speaking amazing. Until next week, this has been the Best of Talk Podcast. Catch you guys next week, episode 342. Good night. Hit the music, baby. Hit it. Eat the love. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Here we go. It's kind of hard for me. Natural, no wing liner. Fuck the hell, throw the shit up in a mindset. I'm wearing OT and some comfy jeans. Fuck it, for some old sneeze, too. Not many ass, but instead, I guess I'll just push them off later. Worry about some other day. Really don't wanna clock in at work. Just wanna stay at home. My bitch wanna keep the show. Spend money I don't have up on apps that require absolutely no energy to drive anywhere.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.